Hello and welcome to Data Driven. In this episode, Frank sits down with Himaneshko L., a recent graduate of Virginia Commonwealth University, where they discuss the academic curriculum around data analytics and career prospects for graduates in the field. Now on with the show. Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. If you'd like to think of data as the new oil, then you can consider us, well, like car talk, because we focus on where the rubber meets the virtual road. And with that, and uh, Andy is not going to be able to make the call today, and uh, in, in the interest of uh, keeping our guest's schedule somewhat sane, because we've had quite a... Uh, Quite a bit of technical difficulties getting to this point. Um, I'll just cut the uh, the normal uh, ceremony and just say welcome Himanesh to the show. Himanesh uh, is a student uh, or recent graduate of the uh, VCU in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, he reached out to Andy on LinkedIn and wanted to talk about career options uh, in the data science space. But I would also like to know rather selfishly is what? do they teach in computer science and information systems in regards to data and analytics uh, these days? So welcome to the show, Himanish. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's a pleasure being here. And based on your first question where you said, what do they teach at schools from like the information systems and computer science variables, I guess. Computer science is more of a major where it's a lot of hands-on coding and so you're learning machine learning the, the programming languages figuring out like what is react native and kind of putting all the pieces as to like development and application and this and this goes with like computer engineering it, computer and science and engineering are somewhat similar but they're very different on on in scale wise but information systems they focus on a broader verse where you're you're told to understand the business perspective of IT. So you try to un understand, you know, how does the whole business of this, you know, the industry or the company look like, and then apply your IT knowledge in terms of analytics or project management or even systems analysis or, and even somewhat uh, programming as well. So you have a broader field to pick out from, whether it's IT networking or IT or being a, a developer or in the analyst in the analytics division or like a product person so mm -hmm. interesting because i mean computer science and certainly a data analytics is a fast moving field and so you mentioned you mentioned different languages what what is the preferred language um these days in um in this field uh, in schools i guess the preferred language in like today's time is Mostly Python and the Django is what I've been hearing for like at least individuals say that, you know, do you have first thing is do you have Python experience? Do you know what Python is? You know, do you do you understand how to use it? Do you know like the the commands or like the DFL statements? Pretty much anything that's like the first hot property right there. Then comes the Django and then maybe the React Native. So, you know. Every program language, I feel like, is either because a lot of the times Oracle is the one releasing these languages, and when they buy it back, that means it it kind of dies down. So 
So like Java right now is becoming very less relevant, not JavaScript, but Java itself. So they keep coming up with new programs for folks to learn and you know, old programs go back into the dust because the new ones are more, it's more relevant to use, so. Right, right. No, I think that's smart for them to focus on Python. When I was in when I was in university, this was a number of years ago. There was, there was C was always very popular, C plus plus, as was um, PL one, which was kind of the predecessor to Pascal, which you probably never heard of. <laughs> um, but I'm just curious because for a while Java was the hot ticket in academia, right? Like uh, all of these courses. When I worked at Microsoft, um, uh, one of the programs that they had was TLS, which is Teach. Basically, it would have people who are professionals go into high schools and teach uh, computer science. I forget what the acronym stands for, but oh. uh, that was all Java. And I think you're right. I think one reason or the other, Java has has kind of fallen out of favor in certain Gosh. communities. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this, um, <laughs> but the full disclaimer: I used to be a Java developer, but I think that um, for one reason or the other, when once Oracle acquires a platform, it tends to leave a bad taste in people's mouth. Um, at least in the sense of the community, and I think that there, I think that that's kind of happened there. Python is an interesting language because it's been around since '91, and it's really only found its stride. Again, I'm going to get hate mail on this one. Oh my goodness, I'm <laughs> stepping in it left and right. Um, no, we've really found its stride with data science, right? Because that is the premier language of data science and uh, and analytics. So it's interesting that that the university's uh, catching up. So so did you? Was there a specialty uh, or a sub-major? I don't know what they call it, but in, in kind of analytics? Because, you, you know, your degree is in information systems. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't... So, you know, since my degree was in information systems, which is in the School of Business, I think it was up to the students to figure out where was... Where, where did their interest lie in? You know, a lot of folks found the project management course more interesting where some didn't really like that type of uh that image and they they couldn't see themselves managing other people some like the develop the programming classes or versus others that really enjoy database or like the uh fundamentals of it networking so you know you kind of from the classes picked your way into like what did you really enjoy you know people love the business perspective and wanted to use the analytics onto that. So there you go, business analyst. Some just enjoyed the data side or the product side, but didn't want to be managing folks. So you have something called, you know, an analyst where you, you're analyzing the product or you're analyzing the data. So it, for me, it happened through, I had some enjoyment with the database class, but systems analysis and design is what triggered it. And from there, that's where I found business intelligence and data mining really interesting because we were learning all these visualization tools. We were learning what was the importance, like what is Kaggle as well, the company that Google bought uh, in terms of like competition for it's competition to Excel to cleaning data pretty much. And um, what's the process of coming up with the critical solution, you know, as analysts, we have to critically think is if we are given a problem, it's like a statement of an article, like a headline of a uh, of an article. We take that, we research on it, we create those in like the Excel, like kind of filtering the data out, and then 
slowly make that into the visual properization, which ends up as the pro as the end product, which is kind of either the implementation of a tool like Google Analytics or some sort of report where people can understand, okay, how should we, how from this data that you did, how will this help improve the company's future goals? You know, something around those lines. And I mean, this is business analysts that we're talking about. Data, data analysts would be more around figuring out how to make the data more, how to like get data to understand customer preferences for specific companies. So, yeah, um, Interesting. That's, that's how my interest started to get more deeper. Um, so finding the story that's the data is trying to tell you, kind of yeah. looking for mm -hmm. that. What in particular drew you to that? I'm just curious, like what, did you have an aha moment? Was there like one moment where you're like, ah, this is what I want to do, this is what I focus on? Or were there like multiple little like aha moments? Um, I think there were multiple little aha moments because I actually didn't even know what I wanted to do with this degree. I was, I wasn't, you know how like there's students that come out of high school and mm -hmm. they know what they want to do right coming out of high school that we just want to go into the health field. We just want to go to the IT field. I was someone that really didn't have any sort of direction. I was just someone that just used to, you know, kind of do my work and wherever I used to put my foot at, I used to drive it to the end. Um, so I never thought that, you know, program is something I want to go into or, you know, health is somewhere I want to go into. I just knew I wanted to make impact somewhere and like at least motivate others to do well because I didn't have any sort of purpose. So I kind of developed that purpose where data is a thing. Data is, there's a lot of it and it's continuing to grow and it will continue to grow. You know, the biggest expert, even the biggest experts, will, it would take them an ex a lot of time for them to figure out that that algorithmic code, but data can help in so many areas like health, the the manufacturing engineering side of things, or the industrial in uh, or the industrial side of you know like farm plantation or whatever it is improve. You know we see folks having body parts that they couldn't have in previous years. So like with technology, you know, someone who who doesn't have a hand can get that through like a technological arm or some like now these days is through 3D printing technology, they're able to create human ears where you don't have to, um, I don't know what the word is, but have like the, the microphone. Clear implants? Yeah. What you're for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a, and even like, looking at the impact that Starbucks making to help farmers with cocoa beans because they're on coffee so that they can make an agreement, you know, helping the community. So I kind of looked at it from that standpoint that whatever that, wherever I end up going, I want to try to figure out how can I make impact on there and like also motivate others to achieve what they want, you know, because they're all there. You see these high motivators, people similar to like a Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, they want to do so much and it's like you have to really tailor them to on like how do you increase their dials. So I, you know, I went in the first semester and I felt like, I feel like 
before the pandemic and during the pandemic, every semester there's not been one or two courses that have been like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> this doesn't look like my cup of tea. Like the first semester, I had to do a class called Winning Presentations in Focus Inquiry. And, you know, when you come out of high school, presentations isn't something they really focus on because you learn you learn how to like read off the slide. Whereas, um, whereas in college, you have to learn how to kind of prepare yourself and know what you're going to say in that meeting because you have to also have some context clues, but you can slightly glance between the slides, but you know, it should not like be your primary focus. And luckily, the, what VCU's method was is to get a professor from the school, school of arts, like who does drama, where he's always performing to help students put a business perspective on how your floor, when you're on the floor, it's your time. And like, how do you take advantage of, how do you engage your audience? And that also your own peers, you know, because you might be having some folks who are older and some folks that are younger. And he would bring in a couple of older folks, older faculty members to show them that, how do you not make them feel bored? So right. that was, um, I mean, I really, they were, uh, when I was at the VCU orientation, a lot of folks told us that if there's one class they really enjoyed, it was winning presentations because just the way they set up the class in terms of helping students succeed and giving uh, really good presentations. And it, it was a class that was not even there before. I think we were the first test trial. Oh, <laughs> so, interesting. <laughs> um, so they were just trying to see how students really liked this class. And, you know, I thought they did a pretty well well done job in that and then focus inquiry was more from the academic state where i i've heard these acronyms that a picture resembles a thousand words because i was more of like a picture person where i used to do a lot more videos or like create infographics on like my personal uh, photography page but it used to be really hard for me to write on there because i didn't know how to set it's not it's not like i didn't know how to write it's just when it came to personal writing it was a little bit hard for me to like structure those sentences and then data if you want to tell stories with it you have to know what you're writing that's making sense to what you're trying to present so focus inquiry kind of helped me write quality over quantity so um that's why you know a lot of the university core classes helped me to get where where I am today and also some of the school of business classes. So like that was the two classes that I was struggling in the beginning and from there on out there were others. Interesting. Interesting. No, and I think that I think that, you know, being able to kind of express yourself in multiple forms. So you mentioned photography. I think you're probably a visual thinker and, <laughs> and, and then learning how to use words is kind of a, a way to portray pictures in that sense. I, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, I right. mean, it's it's good that you've done that because I think there's a lot of people that just they 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 start they start and stay in the same modality and how they can yeah. persuade and that doesn't work for everyone and that's an important oh. thing. Another thing I, I think is that there are I was one of those kids who went out of high school and into college thinking I knew what I wanted to do but I changed it. So like there's no, <laughs> you know, there's you know I I only know of a very few set of people that do that. I originally went to be a chemical engineer. Um, oh. so, and I switched to computer science. So, 
Uh, it happens, but uh, so don't feel bad <laughs> about not knowing your direction because not knowing your direction, I think, in a sense, is more, uh, in some ways, more palatable because you, you're not in the wrong direction. I don't know if that makes sense, but that makes um, sense. Yep. But um, so what? What uh, what's next for you? I, I, I recall correctly, you're going to grad school. So I'm in the midst of figuring out my next steps. So mm -hmm. like trying to, you know, I'm I'm in grad school, not kind of. So it's like I'm trying to figure out because I've also had other things in the in the loop happening. So. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's a crazy time in life where, you know, you just get out of school. <laughs> And, you know, you, you go from kind of having your time kind of regimented around school and then you're like, well, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> you know, grad school or, or career or some measure of both, um, you know, but I think that I think that you 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 definitely have the skill set and 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 um, you've honed that, you know, the data storytelling aspect. I think I think you're going to be fine. Um, and are you actively looking for a job or you're kind of like pondering like what you're going to do? Um, no, yeah, I'm actively looking for one, actively looking for a, a position, but I'm also, um, pondering on what are some other things that I could do. But I mean, it's, I'm more relying on the first one because when you're first starting out, you want to get that experience so that right. when you understand a little bit about the industry and then maybe after that you can divert into other things so i i like to think of it as anything you do whether you're learning a skill or you're trying to evolve or you're, you're not sure where your career path is going to go it's like cooking food you don't you you don't just if you're trying to make on a very authentic pasta meal you, you don't just dump all the like in like how they show in animation shows you just dump all the ingredients and just voila pops up right if that was if that was the process i'm pretty sure everyone would get everything at the first first moment so you know you first have to get the ingredients have to figure out what comes first boil the pasta if you need the extra sauces or the some like cilantro on them some don't so you know you have to figure out what your taste buds is and there's a lot of things going in the picture and same thing is like with because i'm a huge on spirituality and meditation mm -hmm. as you can tell from my previous podcast appearances where i try to tell folks that you know it's the best tool for when you're not even sure what's going to happen because the only thing you we have in control is how hard we work everything else like everything else that we hear it's don't want to curse now, but it doesn't make any sense. Right. So you have to, you know, it's you, and this also helps create a story because you're going on the journey. No one else, you're walking the mile and, you know, that's where you find your destination. So that's, um, I'm a huge on that. It's like cooking food. I mean, if you're, if you're delaying it, then, you know, you, you if you're someone that wants to eventually hit that then you know create that plan that when you want to hit it but if you're someone that's not wanting to improve or evolve or trying to find new skill sets it's not um it's just not gonna help at least from my that's from what i think you know is there is there any industry in particular you want to get into healthcare construction tech uh, or 
Just curious, <laughs> like, have you thought about that or? Um, no, I mean, industry wise, I have not because um, I'm really huge. <laughs> I mean, I've, you can, so no, I, I don't think there's like any industry that I'm very specific on that I'd want to work for uh, as of right now, but depending on where my career takes me, it might change. But currently I'm more on like research innovation and like looking at getting into like a company such as, uh, what's their name? Like an Apple or Facebook and not because like the big brand, yeah, that right. they do. The tools they have from the depth and breadth help you become a totally different person, you know, from like what you're understanding. And also getting the experience to work with a startup like um like a like a stripe or a splunt. I mean, I don't think you can call them that. Well, the stripe I think went public, but I, I know what you mean. Like yeah. one of the one of the the big startups, because uh yeah. You do get a a, fla a different flavor of like what work is like through a startup. Have, having now worked at two different startups now in twenty twenty one, versus like a big company like Microsoft. No, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I mean, having that rich diversity of career experience definitely goes a long way in kind of understanding and, you know, I won't say empathy, but you can kind of you get a better feel for kind of, you know, different types of businesses and different directions and different different yeah. altitudes and whatnot, whatever you want to use. But um, so that's cool. So so to our listeners of Data Driven, if you want to hire Himanesh, we'll make sure that his LinkedIn <laughs> profile is available. I mean, you laugh, but it's funny how these jobs come through, you know, I mean, it's stranger yeah. things have happened. So um, research, so I'm sorry, what? So for the research generation, I mm -hmm. um, left that out. That's more in like through like a university wise where I I'm finding things that I feel like could take innovation to the next level because researching on design and innovation is what helps create products like iPhone or like Oculus. So any other product that you can think of. But um and that I, I'm not as picky as what university, but it would be interesting to get it through like an Ivy League or even possibly do a master's program at a Ivy League. But those are the four things I'm trying to keep in line because if I kind of focus on that, I just want to go and help, then it becomes a little like wavy that, you know, you have to look at because at least for like the next 10 or 12 years, I'm looking to at least broaden my aspects because that's the older you get, becomes harder to try new things because then you start to figure out what really works for you. And if it ends up being that at the age of 50, I'm only able to do government work, then so be it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't want to go on that path, but if that's what, that's what ends up happening, so be it. Right. Well, that's it. I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I think that there's... Um... There's something to be said for being more experimental when you start your career because you have less responsibilities. And, you know, yeah. 20 years ago when, you know, I had a, a job that said basically your, your job's moving to Frankfurt, Germany and, um, you know, move or else, um, I was able to do that. Now, <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> you know, when Microsoft a few years back said move to Seattle or else, I was like, I couldn't because, you know, 
uh, it would have uprooted uh, a bunch of people, <laughs> like family and things like that. So, I mean, there's there's something to that and being more experimental. And I think that'll add more richness to your experience later in life. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, and, and having done a lot of public sector work, it's not all hopeless and <laughs> you described. So I don't want to put that out there. But when you, when you said uh, you you mentioned kind of working in research, which what I heard was an interesting kind of aspect. You mentioned Oculus or iPhone. Are you, do you think that there's are you interested in kind of human interface design, or are you interested in physical product design? Is that because I mean uh, that's a cool field. But I mean, I yeah. think. It is. Um. So. So human. Or the, yeah, were those we, just two examples that came no. to mind? Well, actually, well, actually, iPhone was just an example. O Oculus is actually one of the products that I want to work on because virtual, the whole game, I actually wrote an article on this recently. Um, there is the advancements of the gaming industry has tremendously increased that slowly, slowly, the way how a film like Ready Player One or how fictional movies have de depicted as it's slowly getting there. Like you see a trailer of one of them and it literally looks like a feature film. You know, right. you, it, that's how good the graphics had got that we're now diverting, di diverting into virtual reality or diving into virtual reality. So Oculus being one of the big brands because of Facebook buying them, I just want to see, or at least research or be a part of one of their projects where I can understand what are they trying to do with it. You know, right. it's only stepping stones right now until they actually hit the ground running with bigger um, advancements. So whether that be on the tech side or the design side, I'm in in both areas. So product design, human I guess human centered, and maybe UX research, UI UX research, but. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the times, <laughs> the things I say, people see me from a different viewpoint. So they'll say, "Oh, let's think about product design instead." So I ended right, up right. learning a whole new, new system, and it's like, okay, where do you want me to start? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that there's a, there's an interesting there's an interesting uh, paradox in in technology. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it was this idea that you you can do kind of graphic design or engineering. I think there's value to people that can do a little bit of both. It's a bit like being maybe ambidextrous, right? And you can use yeah. your right hand, you can use your left hand yeah. to varying degrees, right? You know, so so I, I think that it doesn't have to be this dichotomy. It can be a little bit of a, a blurry line. I think that there's a, I think the future holds a lot of opportunities for folks who can be on that blurry line, if that makes sense, and and, and kind of provide value in kind of different ways and different spaces. So you can talk with the engineers and you know be very left brain and talk with the designers and be very right brain, so to speak. Um, right. You know, I think that there's definitely, you know, we have two sides of the brain, so why not use them? You know, it's always been my philosophy. Um, but uh, no, this is very cool, and 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 I can only imagine what it's like to go to university during a pandemic because it kind of. I imagine in some ways there's an advantage, but in some ways it's probably thrown, it certainly is thrown a lot of things upside down, but I can imagine it's done that. And probably about half your college career has been during a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Um, like one half was all, you know, outside, you know, 
going from campus to campus the first three semesters actually first three and a half because I did have to go back for the spring and then all of a sudden spring break comes and usually when people are looking forward to going back it flips the table saying like yeah we're evil this time so let's let's make your life a little bit more interesting (laughs) and I was actually in the middle of an exam where uh, I was about to finish it and one of the proctors said you know, you're doing perfectly fine. Just letting you know that you have to pack your things, go to your room and like, get out of here. I'm like, for what reason? <laughs> she said, well, the schools have closed all the offices. And so, um, because I was collaborating, I was working with um, one of the professors through, um, through one of the, just trying to get a good sight of like what are research projects over there because I, w- I wanted to be part of one. So, you know, it was, so that's how I got my, my signal as to getting out of VCU. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's, you know, there are advantages and disadvantages to online learning. You know, you're not in the classroom, you can't ask the teacher questions, right. but you know, you, if you miss a class, which I didn't, but if you do, you can look at the pre-recordings and try to see, you know, what was the teacher talking about, or they, it's, be, it's become more accessible as to, they can provide additional documentation in terms of, you know, you know, if they find something that's related to class, refer to this, you know, I feel like you guys will definitely benefit. And the ones who read it, they get that knowledge. The ones who don't, they don't. It's it's like I'm trying to form this one out. This 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 that this sentence I'm trying to say. It's not fake till you make it. It's when you've not if you tell someone in the room, if you tell 10 people in the room to read a specific documentation for an important meeting tomorrow, and you ask these all, all the 10 people the questions, you will know who did the work. You yes. know who does, who's done the work because the one who hasn't, there's, I mean, they, you can roughly mutter. Like, they're, they're, <laughs> roughly, they're roughly quiet, but some will actually take the initiative to just, you know, kind of say right. anything. And a lot of the times they'll be like, uh, um, and not just like one, two, like many us and ums. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, I meant that it was on data analytics and it's like, is okay. You, did you just read the title? <laughs> did you read the whole content? So, um, there's a phrase for that. I can't remember the top of my head, but yeah. Awesome. Um, I am short on time and because of all our technical glitches, but we'd definitely love to have you on the show with maybe both Andy and I, and we can ask you the, <laughs> the six questions we ask all our guests. You, If you are looking for work, feel free to reach out to him um, on LinkedIn. We'll make sure that goes in the show notes. Also, you mentioned you had an article. I'll make sure that that get just send that to me. I'll make sure it goes in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's yeah, on that, that's on uh, that's on like just the game development, like how it's going to advance in the in the coming future. That's all. Cool. No, I think that's cool. I think, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is an underappreciated aspect of virtual reality is what could that mean for data visualization? You know, I think that, I think that gaming is obviously the obvious choice in virtual reality. (laughs) Uh, But I also think that, you know, just like a, a lot of other things that, that, that started as gaming kind of tools will find their way into the enterprise. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, I, I don't know what that'll look like. Will you be able to walk through a, a PowerPoint deck or a Tableau presentation or, but I mean, like, right. you know, just the idea that you can kind of map something into a 3D space and explore the data 
we see this in Hollywood. We see this with uh, Minority That's Report true. where they had that and that sort of thing. Well, strictly speaking, there was a movie. I forget the name of it. Uh, was with uh, it was from it was an by your standards it would be an old movie because it was from the nineties. It was had Demi Moore and somebody else in it. Uh, Disclosure. It had this whole scene where they they did this data visualization, but it was in virtual reality. It was pretty crazy. I can't uh, think of the name, uh, but it was like the thing that stuck out to me was like you know the, he had the virtual reality thing on and like he um he pulled the drawer open and like all this stuff flew out. That's the thing that I don't remember the rest of the plot, but <laughs> that I do remember. <laughs> um, so um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll yeah, have to was... look that up and put that in the show notes. But I'm sure there's clips of this on YouTube. But I mean, I think that there is definitely a um, there's an aspect to virtual reality and kind of those 3D spaces that could I, i've been a long time believer in virtual reality but i've always been consistently i don't want to say disappointed but kind of it you know waiting for the revolution that never came so to speak you know like yeah the thing that got me most excited there used to be this technology by adobe called adobe atmosphere and uh-huh. it was so cool because you can build these 3d worlds uh it was basically based on something called vrml sort of vrml because there used to be something in the very early days of the web called virtual reality markup language and i think it was ahead of its time because nobody's computers at the time or down the bandwidth connections could really do anything meaningful with it um but adobe created this tool set that would work kind of on top of that where you can build these rich interactive worlds pretty easily i remember i built like a i built a bunch of stuff with it um and i remember building a um it was like an old west town type thing out of just stuff and it was it was pretty cool like how it worked and had a chat server built into it it was very it was kind of like second life before second life and i don't know if you second second life but i mean second life is another one of those things where it looked like it was going to catch on and then kind of faded so i i still think that there will be a day when virtual reality will really catch on i'm just you know after having lived through the windows phone meltdown and the silverlight apocalypse I'm a little more jaded than I used to be about these kind of emerging <laughs> technologies and how imminent they are. But uh, I do think that it's worth uh, it's worth going. Every once in a while, I'm like I'm at Micro Center or a store and I see like you know an Oculus like the development kit on sale. I'm like I'm like no, <laughs> almost almost sold. But I do think that there's a good story there around virtual reality, 3D spaces, and data visualization. I think it's there. I think you're in the right place. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. It's it's enough. Any word using visualizing, yeah, kind of contents to a lot of what's a lot of opportunities for the coming future because it tur- it data analytics turns into data science, data science turns into chief data officer, and data is never gonna. Kind of like data doesn't always present itself, right? And yeah. ultimately, ultimately, if you think about, and a lot of the data visual folks don't get the respect they deserve, but ultimately, the person in the corner office is going to make decisions based on what they see visualized. Yep, that's what I think, and I think you're right. I think I think it's a great field to to specialize in and and, and whatnot. And so, uh, thank you. Um, oh. we we've been. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> But I love that. I love to continue this conversation. Love to have you back on the show. Maybe even do a live stream if you're cool with that. Um, yeah, definitely. So um, we've been talking with Himanish uh, Goel. And where can we find out more about you? Do you have a website? Do you have 
I'm working on that on the okay. website, but you can find me on Reddit and LinkedIn being the most uh, active because I post and articles on there. But um, yeah, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm not as active on there. So those are the four social media platforms that I'm currently on. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time and uh, definitely look forward to having you and uh, back on the show and talk some more because yeah. uh, you've got some interesting things going on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks. Uh, and we'll let the British lady end the show. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We know you're busy and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.